It is Encounter with God time here on The Breakfast Show. So we've had a few text messages come through. Um, and, you know, do send us your text messages, send us your uh, – or, or call in. Mm. Love to hear from you guys. Share your thoughts. 1-800-324-843 is the number to call. Or you can text on 0491-064-669. And so uh, if we go here to text messages, um, this one's from Raphael. That, uh, this is in reference to the laws in Queensland um, banning the priests from you know, um, not reporting mm. child sex offences that are confessed in the confessional. And we were discussing the pros and the cons of this, how it's good legislation, mm. but it could be a precedent for infringements on religious liberty. So he wanted to say that is how bad laws are brought in by connecting them to good and reasonable ones. This is a very good and reasonable law. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want to have a loophole where there is only one sector in society that are not mandatory reporters. We want to have everyone to be mandatory reporters uh, of child sex offences. But yeah... Mm. It's like, where does it go next? You've got a precedent there. What are they going to use that precedent for? Okay. Um, and then in relationship to forgiveness and our interview um, with David helped about sleeping well and forgiveness, if you want a good night's sleep in your prayer, forgive all your enemies. Hmm. Forgive them all and ask God to give them a new heart. You see, if you make your enemy your friend... You have conquered your enemy. That's right. They're not an enemy anymore. That's right. You've won that war. You've won that battle. It's over. It's done. We said it like it's simple, but actually <laughs> still very difficult process. <laughs> but true. Indeed. Still true. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. No. The Bible says that's how you pour coals of fire on your enemy's head. Mm. Mm-hmm. So if you have an enemy and you're like, yeah, I'd like to dump a bucket full of hot coals over the top of their head, the Bible tells you how to do it. Mm-hmm. The Bible tells you how to completely defeat your enemy um, completely and totally. Okay, so, um, yeah, those are some comments that came through. If you've got more comments to share, just uh, text them or call through. And, of course, um, don't forget to grab the app if you are struggling to listen to Faith FM Radio. Make sure you grab that app and download it. All right, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 to 11. A couple of really good verses here from yesterday's Bible study that we didn't have time to get to but are too good to miss out. Let's talk about them this morning. Mm -hmm. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 to 11 is what we're going to read next. Okay. First John 4, 7 to 11 says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but if anyone does not love, he does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into the world, so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Okay, how many times is the word love used that in that That was passage? so much. Okay, <laughs> it's me... just saturated <laughs> right there. You do a quick count, find out how many there are. I wonder whether there's more in my translation. Uh, there's certainly a lot right there. I counted 11. See how many you get. I think I got 11. You got 11? Yeah. Okay, I was, oh, there you go. I might have missed one, but that's, that's for a few verses, that's a lot. There's four verses. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Four verses. There are 11 (laughs) references to love. Mm. And central to this 
is the statement, God is love. Mm. And a lot of people are like, yeah, where does it say that in the Bible? This is where it says it in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where the Bible, because we often, you know, Christians always talk about, yeah, God is love, God is love, God is love. Mm. They don't always practice that God is love. They don't always believe that God is love, but they'll always say God is love. Mm-hmm. Okay, whereabouts do you find it in the Bible? Now you know where it's found. It's right here. That's yep. right. First John, chapter 4, verse 7 to 11, you find that this is where John coined the term God is love. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you're going to find that theme from one end of the Bible to the other. That theme starts in Genesis chapter 1 where God creates the world and makes it good because he loves us. Mm. You find it in Genesis chapter 2 when man sins and God comes looking for man and says, Where are you? You find it in Genesis chapter 3 when God promises uh, Redeemer Jesus Christ to come and save people from their sins. Mm. And so... Uh, you've got it as a theme from one end of Scripture to the other. This is just the one place where it is actually It's totally explicit here. Yeah, Yeah. just like God is love. Now you know. (laughs) Sola amoris gratuity. Oh, this is the thing you found the other day, isn't it? Yes, this is a new term I've made up. It's the new solar of the Reformation. Brilliant, brilliant. The Reformation has five solars. It actually needs seven. Oh, you've added two. Yeah. Sola amoris gratuity and sola uh, eustitia. What's that one? Justice. Ah, so love and justice. Love and justice. Mm -hmm. Love and justice perfectly combined together. Mm. Because that is what you see on the cross. And this is where I have a problem with the interpretation of some of the solas of the Reformation. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the Reformation will say, uh, what's the one? Um, Sola del Gloria or Sola Deo Gloria. Mm which is glory to God alone. We all agree with that. Mm. Glory only goes goes to God in our salvation and in anything else. But in the context of our salvation, let's think about it in the context of our salvation. And so what many of the Reformers would say, like Luther, Calvin, Zwingli, Knox, is if glory goes to God alone, then there is nothing you can do that affects your salvation. Oh, but that takes away your choice. Exactly, which God doesn't do. So they then, t- so then the power of choice disappears. Now, if the power, the moment the power of choice disappears, the uh, love disappears as well. Because mm-hmm. where there is no choice, it's the power of choice that creates the existence of love. Mm-hmm. Then what you've got is a limited atonement. So Jesus came to die, not so ever for whosoever believes in him, but for whosoever he picks. Mm, yeah, there's some problem. There's some. Big there's a big problem with, with John three sixteen right there. Yeah. You know, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever He picks hmm. should have eternal life. No, because then what you've got got happening is God up in heaven looking down and weighing up: Is it worth my while to die for this many people or not? Yeah where the reality is that Jesus came and died regardless of whether anyone would be saved or not. When he made that promise in the Garden of Eden, there was no guarantee that any person would ever be saved. This is such a big risk that God took. It's a massive risk. He's like, I will give my life. Mm. And this is why I call it sola amoris gratuity, because gratuity is selfless love. Mm -hmm. If he was giving his life for a specific number of people, that is not selfless love. Yeah. That is selfish love. Yeah, because it's so selective. Because it's like, well, this number of people makes my sacrifice worthwhile. Yeah. 
that's selfish. Mm-hmm. That's basically looking at the pros and the cons and weighing the return on investment. Mm-hmm. You know, when you start talking about RTIs, that's selfish. That's part of business. I mean, that's how business is supposed to operate. Mm-hmm. That's the, the foundational principle of business. Yes, yeah, so don't is go that You are there to make money. You are mm-hmm. there to, and you have you are there to make money for yourself for the business. That's mm-hmm. why you go into business. And so you have RTI, you know, return on investment. And so what you've got is with a limited atonement, you have RTI on salvation, a return on investment. God looks down and is like, well, do I get a return on my investment or not? Yes, I will, so I will die. Take that out of the equation, you have selfless love where Jesus says, I'll come and die. Mm. And I really hope some people make a decision to be saved. Mm. You know, you think about it. If, if Adam had never sinned, Jesus would have been born to Eve. And he would have died just for her. Yeah, hey. Think about that for a moment. That is the level of God's love revealed in the Bible. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Because if Adam hadn't sinned, he would have been the only sinner. Yep. That's a God who doesn't do love. He is love. How do you know, just really quickly, <coughs> just to clarify, if anyone listening also has this question, um, okay, so how this do you is, know? This is, this, is, this is your way of being sceptical no, 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 and blaming the audience. No, <laughs> just, no, no. Just to clarify in case anyone is listening. This is a question that I have had in the past. Okay. Like it was a sincere question I had. And so I was like, well, maybe. Um, I remember when I was younger. Yes. Someone mentioned something like that to me. They were saying, yep, you know. But then they're like, you know, but we would have all lived in like this perfect world, la di da, it'd be great. Um, and I was like, what? So all in the Garden of Eden, yeah, it'd be great. Da, da, da. And I just remember this feeling of like guilt and panic because I was like, but what if the whole world had been perfect? And I was the one who ate the fruit. Uh-huh. Now, I think I know a little bit. You don't think big guilt this. and panic because it's historical. No, it is. It is. But I just remember that people were just like, oh, it'd be fine because Eve was the one and Adam was the one. But I was like, yeah, but but why? Like. If Jesus only died for Eve, would would not that line have continued? Now, I think I know what the answer is. I don't believe that God would have kept that tree in the garden if Adam and Eve, or if Adam had said no. Is that correct? How do we know? The Bible doesn't say. Exactly. Yeah. So the Bible doesn't say what God would do. What we do know yeah. is that God is love. Yes. That's what the Bible does say. Mm. And because the Bible does say that God is love, we know that God would never remove the power of choice. Now, that does not mean that the tree would stay there. Hey? That means that the power of choice would stay there. Okay, yep. So, So, yes. So, you could hypothetically have a whole bunch of people who had lived there. This is hypothetical. Hypothetical. And someone 2,000 years later, like Jesus dies even just for Eve, let's say. Okay. And everyone else has decided not to. Mm Mm-hmm. You still have the power of choice at any point. Any person. So does so does so does sin come back a second time? Then yeah, is it possible? Is it possible? No, it's not possible. Why isn't it possible? Because God has a perfect and complete plan to rid the universe of sin. But we always have choice. That's right, and the power of choice will always remain. The possibility of sin will always remain. Mm. But I mean, let's face it, many. When you get to heaven, are you going to start this all over again? No. <laughs> Why not? I think Why won't you start this again? Why won't you get to heaven and one day go, yeah, you know what? Earth was pretty good back in the day when sin was there. I'll go and start it over again. 
Well, I think why wouldn't that, you do that? I think we'll see that it wasn't that good. And I think exactly, you've got heaven to yeah. compare with 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 Earth right now. And I also think in heaven we will understand. I don't think we'll. I think it'll take eternity to understand. But I think we'll understand on a much deeper level what it really cost heaven. Absolutely, for Jesus to come in. Like we can read it and be like, oh yeah, this is awesome. This is big. But I don't think we can understand the gravity of how crazy it is and how much it impacted, like, all the angels, got like, all the people. Man, all the other people from other universes. I don't know. I think when we understand that context, we'll be like, oh, of course there's no appeal. Not even a bit. Uh-huh. I'm so repulsed by that. So... You wouldn't want to start this world again. No. Because you've experienced it. Yes. You've experienced pain and suffering and loss and brokenness. Yes. Who wants to go back to that? Absolutely. All right. The universe would never want to start this world again because they've seen it. Yes. Let's say that you have uh, somebody who is born or created after sin has existed. Mm. And they're like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to try an alternative right here. (laughs) All God has to do is say, before you do, Mm-hmm. Sit down and watch this uh, recording I have. <laughs> mm. You know, I think after about ten minutes, they'll have so much PTSD that they're like, "Yeah, actually, no, this was Don't a bad idea. Mm. I, I, I will, I will stay with God." And so, what God has done is by allowing sin to continue for six thousand years, He has produced enough evidence so that sin will never come back again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if Eve had been the only person who had sinned. That evidence would still be have still have been produced in a way we don't know, mm-hmm. but God always has a perfect plan, and God's perfect plan is a plan that works through suffering, but ensures it's never coming back. It's mm. never going. It's going to happen once, but it's only ever going to happen once. Aye. It's not like it's not like COVID. <laughs> Doesn't come the second wave, third wave, fourth wave, fifth wave. Mm. No, nope. yeah. just once. That's it. Mm. It's gone. It's over. Ah, and that is because God is love. Yes. Okay, so, 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 so. If you believe that you have the power of choice, Mm -hmm. sola amoris gratuity, Mm -hmm. if you believe you have the power of choice because God is love, then how can you have sola dio gloria, glory to God alone? Because it's your choice. But that the, results in your salvation. But the problem with that isn't... And you isn't, take credit for your choice. But it's not the problem with that the glory should go to God. It's that it's saying God demands it and you don't can't do anything about it, right? Like the idea of that glory belongs to God. Yeah, basically... That's not a bad... No, 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 no. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. But, but somebody who is uh, a Calvinist would say, well, you don't believe in glory to God alone because you made a choice for salvation. Therefore, you can credit that choice... Towards your salvation. Oh. Yeah, we did a workshop on this last week. It was really good. I know, you told me, and I was like, notes. I need notes, and you told me you don't take them. <laughs> <laughs> mm, no, I see what you're saying. That's so, really what's that? so what's the solution? So think about this. Mm-hmm. Because we believe in solo Dio Gloria as well. Yes. Right? Glory to God alone. Where does the power come from you, for you, to be able to make a decision. Well, still, where does the power of choice come from? It's still it God. comes from God. That's right. So God, so we're lost, we're dead mm. in sins, but God extends his grace to you so that you have the power of choice. Yes. So your power of choice comes from God. Mm. It doesn't come from you. Then when you make that choice, where does the power to make that choice come from? It comes from God. 
Yeah. It all comes from God. It is sola, Dio, mm. gloria. Glory to God alone. There is nothing in that process mm. where we can take credit to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Ah, fantastic stuff. Which I think God is, is love. And this is the, sorry, I butted in. Nah, you go. And this is the big difference between the uh, Calvinists, I guess you would say, in the Reformation, who would say that we would have limited atonement. God is not love. Hmm. God is, that is selfish atonement. The second thing that is a difference uh, is that when you deal with predestination is that you don't have the power of choice. Hmm. There's a variation of that when you have once saved, always saved. Once saved, always saved says that you had the power of choice, choice, and once you are saved, you now no longer have the power of choice. Predestination says you never had it in the first place. Yep, yep. Anything that removes the power of choice mm. annihilates the existence of love. It just Love just ceases to exist. Mm, mm-hmm. Love cannot exist without the power of choice. That is impossible. Yeah. And so this is a really, really important lesson that we've got right here is the the sacredness of the power of choice because it's what creates love. And then, then throw into that mix. Oh, sorry, go no, ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, just on what you said, if we view that in human terms as if someone is married, they've decided to love each other, they've committed to that, at any point in time, if they're only there because they have to be, like you said you will love me, therefore you will stay, man, that is like, going to become a very messy broken relationship very quickly it's going to last if it lasts because both people are going yep i want to stay i want to choose to be here and i'm like if we if we in, i mean i know our human thinking is still our human thinking and we don't understand all the ways of god but if in our human thinking we could look at a relationship and say man that's not healthy if they're saying you will be here because you told me one time you will and we're like oh mm, hold on man like they can choose why would we apply that thinking to god that he, okay, no, nah, no, nah, he's doing this to you. He knows that you said once, so therefore you will stay. Like that, it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make <laughs> any sense at all. So, a text message coming through, just pointing out that the rest of the universe has had the opportunity for Ooh. to mm. choose for good and evil. Yeah, everyone in the universe has had, does have that opportunity. It's just our planet that chose against to choose God. Away. Yeah, yeah, it's the only one. Uh, apart from, of course, Satan and his angels and the war in heaven. Mm. So you kind of got uh, the, you know, the war in heaven that extends and then continues down here on this earth. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a very good point coming through right there. Um, and we need to remember that God is... Okay, so, so just throw this into the mix. Um, if God never gave you the power of choice, love does not exist. If God created some people to be saved and limited atonement, then God is that is selfish love. And then throw into that same mix, eternal hellfire. God creates people so he can burn them forever. Nah, that is not a God of love. And that's not what the Bible teaches. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We are, uh, yeah, churning our way through this Bible study. We're a little bit behind at the moment, but that's okay. It's all good. We've got good things to talk about. Let's go to uh, 1 John chapter 5, verse 1 to 5. Okay, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. 
And who can win this battle against the world? Only those that believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Okay, so in that particular passage, we only had the word love. We, we had the word love only used five times. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. It's, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it be interesting to uh, to go to a sermon by John? Uh huh. Uh huh. You know? Yeah. It and just and just you know be one of those um, kids who sits up the back and makes a little hashtag every time he says the word love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in fact, I think if I was um, if I if, if I was going to uh, one of John's sermons and my kids were still small, but like okay, here's your task for the yeah, sermon. I want you at the end of the term make a tally, mm-hmm. make tally marks. Um, tell me how many times John uses the word love in his sermon. Now, of course, he might preach from Revelation. True. A lot less of the words love in that. There's a lot less there. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a lot of just amazing. I mean, the Revelation is all about the love of God because it of the is. revealing of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. But there are some very historical chapters in Revelation mm. dealing with history and world events and all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. So John was, John was a very balanced person. Mm. Um, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he did not speak on one subject to the neglect of others. Mm. And I think this is one of the challenges that we uh, have as human beings. We tend to specialize. <laughs> you know, yeah. we, 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 love to, uh, we love to have a particular specialty, and it's like if love is our specialty, then we talk about that. And if revelation is our specialty, we talk about that. And this is my problem because I tend to talk more about revelation than I do love, so this is why Minnie comes in as a co-host to keep me balanced. <laughs> and this is why we have the body of Christ. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, all good stuff. All right, so let's work our way through this passage right here because the Bible talks about the love of God. And it also talks about the commandments. Mm. This is an interesting subject because a lot of people say, well, God is love. You don't need to keep the commandments. What would be loving about not keeping the commandments? Um, I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so this is my question. Please explain to me if you say that God is love, therefore we don't need to keep the commandments. Mm. What is love about Lying, stealing, yeah. murdering, yeah. adultery. What part of that is love? Yeah. You know, and this is why John is putting this whole thing in balance. And I mean, could you imagine realistically if every person had those commandments as their fundamental core values in life? Honestly, if no one ever was killing anyone else, you would lose so much fear, right? You'd never worry about... Sleeping in a park in the middle of the night or, you know, you'd never, never need been, to worry you, about You've like, never been one to worry about that at the best no. time. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't have to worry about, um, oh, if I have to run and do something like if I leave the car on the side of the road, like it won't get burnt down or, you know, if my house is on You know, you remove so much fear with some of those things. Relationships, if you completely have no fear of adultery, how much more trust is just going to be there? You've never experienced in the past. You've never, if these were your core values just for life, if every person had this, which I know that they don't, let's just be idealistic here, That what an incredible world you're going to live in. And to me, I'm like, this is part of the point. This is an expression of who God is to be like, man, these things matter because it's going to enrich your life in ways that you don't even realize. Now, we have a world that that's not the case. Sadly. But... This is still pointing out, right, that it's like, man, you want to know the love of God? Just look at the core here. Like just if you can rest in that, if you, if you're, if you could have a life 
governed by these principles, like it's not a bad thing. Yes, absolutely. Okay, let's look at these verses. Uh, let's work our way through them uh, in verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is, is the Christ is born of God and everyone that loves him that uh, gave birth to that 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 begat that gave birth to lo- uh, <laughs> I'm getting tangled up. I have to admit, I got tangled up in my KJV. I'm just going to read it. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth also that is begotten of him. I think your translation was easier on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I will admit okay. it this time. That's okay. Just this once. <laughs> I'll take it. For uh, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Okay. Yes. This, so I had a conversation with someone and Uh for them, this was a point where they're like, oh, so it is about our works. Right. Right. Because Such an interesting conversation mm, and an interesting point that they are making. Mm-hmm, because And I can see where they're coming exactly, from. Exactly. If you read that, right, it does seem to be like what I do has an effect on, you know, do I love Jesus? Well, you'll know by what I do or don't do. And okay. there's a truth to that, right? There is a truth to that. Yeah. So what then are works, good works? Are works the mm. means or are they the evidence of salvation according to this verse. Mm, yeah, difference between purpose and product. That's a good way of putting it. Yes. Well, do you know what I mean? Like, it's I do, I, I do these things to be saved, or because I've been saved, the product. Uh, the yeah, the product is that so, I. Yeah. So the pur- yeah. yeah, okay, yeah I was so like, the purpose. On, now purpose is, yeah. So purpose. <laughs> purpose is I do this to be saved. That's yes. that's my purpose is to do this to be saved. Yeah. Product is that I do this as a result. As a result. Mm. This is the product of salvation. Yeah. So in this verse, which one is uh, which one carries the more weight? Have been saved, have been already loved by God, therefore my life is changed. This is the product. Yes. And that's exactly what it says. And so to your friend who's like, yeah, well, you know, works is a part of salvation, you've got to actually read what it actually says right here. It says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Sorry, so I'm in, I'm in verse 3. By this we know. So this is mm. evidence. We know... Uh, that we love the children of God. How do we know that? When we love God, we keep his commandments. Hmm. How do we know that we love God? How do we know that our life has been changed? Because his Holy Spirit has come into our hearts. His Holy Spirit has changed us. And because his Holy Spirit has come into our hearts and changed us, we keep his commandments. It's as simple as that. Hmm. And now, this is the commandments are not done away with. You know, People are always trying to do away with the Ten Commandments, nail them to the cross. They're not. Hmm. I butted in. Go for it. No, I was just going to say, and something that is really important to remember also is that this can be a journey. Like I was having a conversation with someone yes. recently and they feel so much like agony over the fact that like I spend my time with Jesus. I do the things I so much want my heart to be changed, but I still get really angry. I still get really short with people. I still, you know. It's a journey. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's not always going to be a, you were this, now you're this and it's completely different and you know, you never have to worry about losing your temper. No, you are in the process of being changed by God's love. It's a race, the Bible says. mm and your decision to give your life to Jesus Christ and to be converted and allow, your, allow His Holy Spirit to come into your life, that puts you on the starting line of the race. Mm. The race then begins as soon as you reach the starting line. Yeah. And for some people it's longer than others. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's as simple as that. It is a journey. And uh, at every point on that journey we are connected with Jesus Christ and at every point we are getting closer and closer 
to him at the same time. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so uh, it is now time for question. Question of the day. See, I thought I was going to sneak that one in there before Liam got to play his little jingle. Man, Liam was like, I'm one too. <laughs> like, Stop him before he gets there. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, okay. So in 1 Samuel chapter 1, yes. we, oh, I think it's chapter 1 or 2, um, we have the story of Hannah. She is barren, but she prays. She goes, she goes God, if you are going to give me a son, um, I will dedicate him to you. I won't. Yeah, basically because no razor will touch his head. He right. is a Nazarite. We know that Samson also was. What is the significance of this? Okay, so if you want to find all about what a Nazarite is, you need to go to Numbers chapter 6. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like the first half of Numbers chapter 6. You find everything there. there is detailed about a Nazarite. And so the word Nazarite comes from the Hebrew word Nazir, which means consecrated or separated. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little bit like sanctified, set apart for a holy purpose. So their, their whole life is set apart for a holy purpose. And this is something that could be temporary. Uh, in Numbers chapter 6, it definitely describes a period in which it is temporary. Or it can be permanent. So Samuel and Gideon, uh, this was this was a permanent thing to be there for their entire life. And basically what it involved was a vow of total consecration to God. Um, they were to practice strict temperance. So not only were they not to eat uh, or to drink alcohol, they didn't eat any grapes. What? Yes, this is like really full on. Because, you know, the moment you pick a grape, it starts to turn to alcohol. All grape juice contains alcohol. It's just the content is usually low enough so it's classed as non-alcoholic. Oh. And so they didn't even eat, they didn't even eat grapes, not even the skins of the grapes, not even any part of the grape. They didn't eat grapes. Oh. So it's like it's like a, a full on kind of uh, it's a little bit like the uh, when Daniel is fasting and praying for three weeks. He's not fasting; he's fasting from pleasant food. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes on a plain food fast. There's a little bit of people who live like that. Like we're just going to go on a plain food fast. Uh, they were also not to touch corpses or graves. Um, this was symbolic that you know, symbolic of the fact that death is a symbol of sin, and that they had separated themselves from sin, and they lived their lives as an example of what separation from sin means. And so it was kind of like these people would live their lives as a living object lesson of, um, of the character of God, so to speak. Uh, that was the idea be- behind it. If they accidentally uh, touched a dead body or a corpse or a grave, which happens from time to time, then uh, they would have shaved their hair. Apart from that, they let their hair grow. So, yeah, dreadlocks. <laughs> uh, Brilliant. Yep. Uh, so they they uh, they did not shave their hair, and their if their vow was a temporary vow, they would shave their hair at the end of that vow. You know, if they took a three week vow, then they shaved their head at the end of it. So yeah, it was a. Uh, now Jesus was a Nazarene, not a Nazarite. There's That's a difference different. between the two. Mm. A Nazarene comes from Nazareth. Yes, but yeah, there was a uh, an opportunity where you could say, "Hey, I'm going to dedicate this period of time totally to God," and uh, you would live that as a living object lesson of a servant of God. So yeah, with some rich spiritual symbolism of separation from sin. Hmm. Um, of course, uh, 
you've got that whole situation where you know fermentation is a symbol of sin, which is why they didn't um, drink alcohol, drink alcohol, or anything that could be related to. It. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at one eight hundred Faith FM.